0: Amorous Gagnon is a writer from the small town of Agawam, Massachusetts. Writing has always been something that Amorous has loved to do. She would think up exciting stories and share them with her family. A young girl of a diverse cultural background, Amorous attended a school in a community where diversity wasn't very common and wasn't necessarily celebrated by her peers. While very outgoing, she spent much of her school life trying to fit in and thus put any big aspirations she had behind her. Looking for a way out of her small, idle community, she attended college in Rhode Island. It was there that she discovered that she was, in fact, destined for something greater, and eventually decided to move to Los Angeles to become an actor. But after some time in L.A., Amaris began to realize that acting didn't seem to be her calling in life, and she started to embrace her real love, writing. And through her writing, Amaris was able to find her identity and her purpose.
1: I'm S.J. Gagnon, I am 24 years old from Agawam, Massachusetts. Have you heard of Agawam before? Probably not. <laughs> it's like two hours outside of Boston. I feel like that's the—that's always the, the question. Oh, oh, so are you from Boston? And I'm like, no, I'm from Agawam. And they're like, oh, is that near Boston? And I'm like, no, it's not. It's on the other side of the state. I, I went to uh, this, this school in Connecticut when I was a kid, and uh, I was the only brown girl in the class. <laughs> And uh, that's when I knew I was always different. (laughs) Not just because of my race, but um, oh god, it was weird. I was a weird child. You know, it it went beyond just wearing polka dots and stripes. I was just, I was weird. I did not know how to culturally fit. But I think that birthed who I am today, not ever being able to mold into everybody else. I actually didn't start out writing, I, I actually started out singing. I I started out by singing the Star Spangled Banner for school events and just singing all the time, but it wasn't necessarily a passion of mine, but that's how I started out in the arts. And then I gradually went into theater around middle school and high school, and I kept that up. But one thing that I always continued doing, even at like the age of 12, was I was always writing short stories. And I never looked at writing as a career. I, I just knew that I loved, you know, spending my weekends at 12, 13 in front of the computer, writing up like science fiction and horror stories. And they're terrible stories, but like, I would spend hours writing out like 20 to 50 page short stories. And I'd be like, mom, dad, I wanna read it to you. And they're like, again, didn't you write something like three days ago? And I'm like, no mom, this, is, this one's about a cave. This is about a bunch of girls getting lost in a cave. You gotta hear it, it's really good. And, uh, and then I stopped. The area of Massachusetts that I live in, is, it, it's very unique. It's filled with people that dream, but it's filled with people that don't. So I'm constantly, I was constantly surrounded by people who never saw past the state lines and never saw past the East Coast. So later on, when I would turn you know, 21 or 20, and when I realized I wanted to come out to Los Angeles, it was crazy. No one believed in me. <laughs> I mean, when I was in high school, I definitely faced a ton of racism, and that was, that was awful. High school was one of the most awful experiences I could ever talk about, and I had friends. I was super outgoing, I did theater, I acclimated myself, I did okay in school, but I breezed by throughout high school. I was always trying to fit in, because again, I just don't fit in. So I made a group with the, you know, all Caucasian girls who didn't really understand my perspective going through life as, as a minority. And I mean, yeah, I was bullied for being brown. I don't wanna say black, I'm half black and half white, but I'm brown. I'm going to say brown. I was bullied for being brown. I had been called the N-word in high school. I remember boys asking me if my parents were on food stamps because that's what brown people do. I remember someone told me this. This I won't say his name, but I'll never forget it. He was like, how are you in an AP U.S. history class, Amaris? You're not supposed to be smart. And I just remember like being told these things to my face. It was, it was awful. It was just awful. I, I never encountered this much hate. And I was just so lost because not only am I like, facing that all the time, and people always thinking they're better than me. And then on top of that, my, my parents and family life was kind of crazy because they were getting separated at the same time. So there's that, and then there's not fitting into school. And then I'm just trying to fit in with these group of girls and always being called different. And then I'm just, I'm just I just coasted by. I did mediocre in school and I never really found out what I wanted to do. I actually wanted to be a cop. I was gonna be a cop. By the end of my senior year, I wasn't I wasn't a writer, I wasn't acting, I wasn't doing any of this. I wanted to be a cop because that's, that's what people do. That that's an okay dream, right? So I I left. I was like, I my grades were kind of like B, C. I was like, I have no real friends here besides like, I have a couple best friends, but I was like, I have no life here. My life is going to go down the toilet if I stay. So my first move was going to the University of Rhode Island for college. And I was going to be a cop. I was a psych major. And the day, I'm gonna tell you the day I realized that I was gonna do something greater, I went and auditioned for this play and I am i mean, I'm an okay actor, but, you know, I, I wasn't that good to get cast. I just remember the, the head of the theater department told me, what, what major are you, Amaris? And I was like, I'm psychology. And she's like, you need to be a theater major. You need to be here. This is what you need to do. And from then and there, I switched to theater, and I started acting. And then from there, after um, doing two years at URI, I had decided that there's not a lot of film industry out here in this state. It is the smallest state in the country, and I was like, I gotta go to LA. And then I made a second big move, and I originally came here to be an actor. When I decided to come out to Los Angeles, it was a big deal. Nobody in my family had ever done it. And they were like, what do you want to be? And I'd be like, well, I, I, I'm an actor, and that's what I want to do. And they're like, no, 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 you, you don't know what you want to do. You're only 20 years old. You don't know what you want to do. You're going to go out there. You're going to fail. You, you don't even have any money, Amaris. And I'm like, no, 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 that's OK. I'll get a job. I'll be fine. You know, I was also going to finish up school, which I did. I graduated from Loyola Marymount University, and that was that was kind of the first two years of me really discovering who I was, leaving that small town in Massachusetts, and coming out to the middle of nowhere to kind of find my path. And again, I still wasn't writing yet. I was just acting. I was still finding my passions through the arts. So I guess you could say I found myself through art. I get off the plane at LAX. And <laughs> I'd never seen a palm tree before. And oh, by the way, I'm here by myself. Like this is before the school year started. Like it's like a uh, a couple days before the, the school year was starting. So I couldn't actually move in onto campus yet. So I get off at LAX. I'd never been to the city before. And my roommate at the time, I never met her before, but her parents were nice enough to pick me up from the airport because I had no idea where to go or what to do. So they pick me up and they're like, oh, so where? what hotel are you going to? And my mom booked this hotel in Inglewood and like some... Just a more impoverished area of Inglewood and dropped me off at a super eight. I just, oh my god, it was crazy. I remember getting outside of the car and there's I okay, being from Massachusetts, I had never seen so many homeless people before. It was dirty, the water was brown. I was like, what is going on? This is crazy. And all I could hear was like the doubt that my father, that my friends, that everybody has ever said to me, and it I mean I'm clouded by this doubt. Amorous, you have no money. Amorous, you can't do that. Amorous what are you doing and i'm and as i hold a cup of brown water and i'm like i'm in los angeles i actually did it i actually am going to go to school here and i'm I'm here and then my my roommate's parents left and i'm just standing on the sidewalk in los angeles for the first time getting yelled at by homeless people because i don't have a dollar and i was like oh my god this is crazy but i'm alive (laughs) i'm doing it i did it i'm still so proud of myself for doing that, that was so scary. But I did it, I got off the plane and I went to school here and I graduated and I did it. And I'm so proud of myself. I know tons of people do that. But you know what? They don't give themselves enough credit because there's 100 people back home that want to do what I do, but they can't and they won't. And they will continue to stay there in that small town and continue to say, yeah, I wish I could do that. But now I'm 30. I wish I could do that. But now I got a kid. I wish I could do that. But I I don't know. I don't know if I can. So for me, I'm proud because I didn't know if I could or not. I just did, because I knew it's what I needed to do. This was never something I wanted. I never just wanted to go into the arts. I needed to go into the arts, because this is who I am. So I was taking these acting classes, and it was great. And, I mean, I wasn't as good as the other kids. I mean, honestly, it's just talent, you know? Sometimes you got to be born with it. And I don't necessarily think I was bored with the acting talent. I think I was good enough to, you know, get on stage and put on a show. But I could never be, you know, I, I could never be as good as them. And it wasn't about doubt. It's just, come on, like you know, if you can do something, can you really do it? If I practice at this every day, could I maybe do it? Maybe. But it, I just was like, this is not necessarily my calling. And I remember uh, my school had this thing called the New Works Festival. And I, I remember the deadline was like in two days. And they were like, oh, yeah, you know, if you write a one-act play, that, you know, it will go- get produced. And, um, you know, p- people will come see it. And I was like, okay. I was thinking to myself, what should I write? I'm going to write a one-act. I've never written a one-act before. I'm going to do this, though. And um, I just remember what, it, what inspired this one piece I wrote that got in. I wrote a dystopian piece, of course. I, I couldn't just be, you know, couldn't just write a drama. I had to write a dystopian <laughs> and um, I remember this girl, this girl told me in an Uber, because she was riding with me, she was like, you're kind of different. And then I was like, oh, I'm going to use that and write a story. So I wrote a, a play about a society that wears masks, and because nobody can truly be themselves. And then it got in, and then it got directed, and it was great. And I was like, wow, I could be a playwright. I could, I could write. I love this. I love this so much more than acting. And then I, I just started writing, so much more. I was like, okay, I want to do this. I don't, I don't want want to just do this. I need to do this. And then that was kind of like a, like a, that was a little bit of its own doubt in the back of my mind. I continued with acting. Went out on auditions. After I graduated and I was out there doing what actors do and I was just slowly falling so much more out of love with it because I was like, I don't love this. What do I love? And, and I, there I was like, I wasn't ready to admit that writing was it because my identity was acting. Amoris, who are you? I'm, an, I'm a performer. I'm an actor. I'm a stage and film actress. That is what I am. And, but then came this other identity that you're like, wait a minute, is are, are you sure this is who you are? I know you've worked towards this for four years, but are you sure this is who you are? And I, I, I got a lot of, de- like, depressed. You know, right after college, I got so depressed. I even went home. I went home, I couldn't deal with it. Like My, my mental health was just off the rail. <laughs> I was so sad all the time because I had no purpose anymore. Acting stopped being my purpose. I was doing it. I was going through the motions, pretending that I was happy, but it was no longer what I needed to do. And I remember through that summer as I was acting, I was writing a horror screenplay. And uh, that's when there was a switch after I went home and admitted that I had failed just a little bit. But then I was like, okay, I failed. I'm home now. What am I going to do? So I asked myself, what do you want? What, what do you want? And I, I mean, this is just kind of in my head at night, you know, when you're sitting in bed and the lights are off and you're sitting there and you're thinking to yourself, what do I want? And then I was like, I'm a writer. While I was home in that period, I was like, OK, I'm going to go back to L.A. in January, this past January, and I'm going to do this. And I'm not going to give up, I'm not going to fall apart. This is what I was meant to do. And then the next question I asked myself was, what kind of storyteller do you want to be? You know, anyone can say they're a writer. Anyone can say, oh yeah, I write. What do you write? Oh, you know, drama, what kinds of drama? Oh, you know, the kind of drama that, you know, and I was like, no, 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 that's not going to be my answer. If you ask me, Amorous, what do you write? I'm going to tell you I write horror, I write science fiction, and sometimes I write drama. What kind of work do I write? The work that inspires change, work that is political. I like talking about society and flaws and critiquing the things that are unjust in our world in my horror stories, and that's why I'm proud of it. Because it's not just, you know, it's not blood and gore. I'm adding something to the genre. I'm contributing work. It's meaningful. It's purposeful. Writing that gave me purpose again. And I I think that definitely helped get out of that depression was just writing. Writing the stories I wanted to tell. Um, This year alone, I applied to Every single fellowship at all the studios and I applied kind of within sometimes a couple of weeks within the deadline. At this time I was working you know full-time and I was like okay I'm gonna make this deadline. I don't know if it's good enough. I don't know if I can compete with those other people that have been writing for 10 years, but I'm going to make this deadline because I'm going to do this. I did specs on Crazy Ex-Girlfriend and Stranger Things, and mm. <laughs> it was great. I, I didn't get it, but that's okay. I was happy that I, I motivated myself knowing that, yeah, this is probably isn't going to get in, but I, it's practice, so that next year I'm going to be more prepared when I apply for those fellowships, and I wrote those two, and I wrote two other dramas, two like original dramas. But I'm just proud of myself that I I can say, yeah, I'm a writer. I applied to six fellowships. I wrote all of this this year, and and just mo- like being able to say that confidently, say, yeah, I did this. I'm not just a writer. What do you write? Oh yeah, you know, I got an outline. No, like I have scripts. I'm working towards something. I'm working towards getting better, and that kind of helped me, you know. Be able to be more confident in myself just doing it so i mean that's all i can say is just you have to just do it it doesn't matter if it's good or bad just write just do it make the deadline just send it out just practice writing and that's when i knew i was like all right i can do this i've never been discouraged i hear so many people say i don't know how you do that you know it's like a one in a million amorous and i'm like i don't care I'm gonna keep going. I, I, I have so much to learn in writing. I just started. I just started. I, I hope to have I hope to be a better writer every year, but that's only gonna happen if I write. Any kind of platform where people can hear me, I'm writing it. I don't wanna just make a living. I wanna make a difference. And I wanna make that difference through writing. I the big dream is to be able to contribute something as a screenwriter. I don't I don't want to be known. I want to be respected. I want people, you know, when I'm long gone from this earth, I want someone to be able to find my screenplays at the Writers Guild and say, I'm going to read her work so I can learn. I want people who were in my situation, kids who are growing up in, in, you know, lower socioeconomic communities who have these dreams where everyone around them is telling them that they can't. But, you know, my, my goal is just to inspire others that they can and to have my work be respected. And I write stories that give voices to those that aren't heard, you know, so I like, like I said, to touch upon societal issues because these topics are not being talked about. I want to create a conversation and that's what I'm doing. It's not that I want to. I am creating a conversation through my writing and I want to continue doing that until I get to where I want to be. One thing that I'm proud of doing is it's not just not giving up. I mean, that's, that's cliche. I would say is I learned, okay? There's never anything you cannot learn from what you did in the past. And it's picking up that proper mindset and attitude that has helped me get to where I am now. I mean, that was just a couple months ago. But it, it just I, it's, it's trying to be better than the person I was before. This week, I've been teaching myself sign language. Just do, what else have I not done before? You know, and it's just, it's doing something different that you didn't do yesterday, Last week I fed the homeless with Monday Night Mission, which was great. I love doing that. I love giving back to my community. So I think, you know, if, if anyone out there that you want to make a change in your life or you're unhappy, you have to do what you didn't do before. You have to do differently. You have to get up and say, I'm not just going to do this today. I'm going to do that. I'm going to get out and I'm going to go for a run this morning. It's just doing something different to help you get to where you want to be. And that has helped me now, and that's what I'm most proud of, like just changing my attitude. It's not about being more positive, I hate that. It's not about being more positive, okay? It's about changing your mindset to get to where you need to be. There's no shame in feeling sad. There's no shame in saying, wow, it is raining today. You know what, it rains a lot in a lot of people's lives, and I can't stand it when people are like, you need to just get yourself an umbrella. No, get wet, let it rain It's okay Life is hard But then eventually you gotta get out of bed And you gotta walk through the rain Until the sun comes back out You gotta wait for it Even if that means waiting a month or two For that sun to come back out But that means walking through the rain Don't be ashamed to feel sad Don't be ashamed to feel like your life is a mess We are all there Don't feel ashamed But get back out Get out of bed and do what you need to do to get to where you're going to be. Because we're all in the same boat. We're all doing it. We're all struggling. You're not alone. But you will be alone if you don't get out of bed and you don't work towards what you came out here to do. You have got to believe in yourself. You've got to believe in yourself. No one else is going to do that. If someone asks you who you are, you better say, I am an actor, I am a writer, I'm a director, I'm whatever it is, I'm a dancer, I'm a singer. You've got to just believe in yourself and to work toward it. If you don't, you're not gonna get anywhere. I understand it's hard. I grew up poor. But that means you gotta work like a full-time job and make your money to get that plane ticket. You could go to college, you could do what I did, but that doesn't necessarily have to be your path either. Just the first thing you have to do is believe that you can, because there's going to be so many people who are going to tell you you can't, not because they truly believe you can't, but because they can't. They can't get on that plane and do what you're doing. They can't write. They can't direct. They can't think of the stories that you're thinking of to do. Because they can't, they tell you you can't, and you can't, you cannot believe that. You cannot hear that. You have to tune it out and you have to say, I'm going to do something great. And then you have to do it. You have to do it. If you wait too long, you're going to keep telling yourself you can't do it. I think the biggest thing, the biggest thing that kills success is not failure. It's doubt. I have doubt. I still have doubt. I'm going to walk out of here and I'm going to have a little bit of doubt, but then I'm going to say, okay, I'm putting that in my back closet and I'm not going to have doubt right now. I'm going to keep going. I'm going to go in my car and I'm going to go home and I'm going to, Work on the script I'm writing right now because I believe in myself. And it is so important just that. To have that confidence within yourself when everyone is saying you can't do that. You're you, you can you don't even have to talk you can say anything back to them. You're just gonna say to yourself, don't worry, because I can. And I will, and I'm going to. And if I could say something to myself back when I was 16, I would say amorous. None of these people matter. You spent years trying to fit in with these people that will never, ever call you a friend, that will never look at you as equal. You spent so much time trying to mold in with everybody else when you should have just been discovering you. I wish I had done that path of self-discovery earlier. I wish I could have believed in myself. I had such low self-esteem that I was hanging out with these people that never liked me. You never liked me, and I just kept standing there as you're making fun of me for being black, asking me if I can swim, asking me if I eat chicken and Kool-Aid, and I'm laughing with you because I can't stand on my own. And I wish I could tell myself, 16, 17, 18-year-old amorous, you can stand on your own, and in two years, you will. You can do what you want to do. You can write. You can act. You can be great. And I never thought I could. So I was like, I was, I'm gonna go stay local. I'm gonna go be a cop or something, I don't know. And I'm just so, pr- I, I just wanna say, Amaris, one day you're not going to care what any of these people think. You're not even gonna care what your family thinks. You're not, You're gonna actually leave your friends behind and you're gonna go into a city you know nobody at and you're going to thrive. And I've hit obstacles, and I've hit rock bottom, but I still got back up. Amaris, you're going to get back up. You're going to be fearless. You're going to do exactly what you set out to do. So don't give up. Keep going. And by the way, high school does.
0: that was amorous Gagnon. if you'd like to read some of amorous's work we'll have some of it up on our website at ktla.com slash spoken dreams as always you can also follow along with me on the spoken dreams facebook page and on instagram and twitter at spoken dreams pod you can also send me an email at spoken at ktla.com if you like this episode let me know by leaving a review on itunes google play podbean or wherever you get podcasts and don't forget to subscribe while you're there that's it for this episode of Spoken Dreams. As usual, I'll be back to bring you a new story next Monday. Until then, break a leg. Spoken Dreams is produced by me, Bobby Gonzalez, for the KTLA 5 News in Los Angeles. Executive producers are Olson Ebright and Jason Ball. And I'd love to hear from you. Tell me what you thought of this week's story or even tell me your own story. You can shoot me an email at SpokenDreams at KTLA.com.